Joshua with uh, Forest Baseball Ohio. Um, I've started following you a little bit and been uh, been pretty impressed with you know what I've seen, kind of the message that you're putting out, and so definitely wanted to to chat a little bit um, and, and just kind of see you know where you've come from and where you guys are going. Um, and I'm thinking before we get started and really into uh, some details, I just want to know a little bit about I guess your background, you know where you've come from, and uh, you know how you got to be you know where you are at Force. Yeah, absolutely. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to reach out, and yeah. we do appreciate you checking out some of the content. Yeah. Started the program in 2012. Um, prior to that, um, I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland, played four years of collegiate baseball, a little bit of professional baseball experience. Um, ended up in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, the weather didn't keep me here, but <laughs> yeah. uh, the weather leaves a little bit to be desired, but, uh, but it's not too bad. Um, so, uh, 2012, I was kind of at that uh, crossroads. I was with another program. I was trying to figure out what I was uh, going to do. Uh, my wife and I just had our first child, and the program I was with, we were actually partners with Force. And okay. I went with them and said, hey, um, so I, it looks like I'm going to be parting ways with the, the baseball program I started with. And want to see if there was any type of opportunity here. So if, if you're familiar, I guess, with the Northern Travel Baseball Circuit, uh, July yeah. is the musical chair. So that's when everybody, oh, yeah. um, everybody decides that they're, they're going to this tryout or that tryout. So we literally started the program with about a week to go before the first tryout date. Wild, wild. <laughs> yeah, just took a big risk that it happened. Um, it was me and like three other coaches that are still here that um, decided that we were just going to give it a shot. Um, we started out with six teams. Uh, it, was, it was only on the east side of Cleveland. And we grew as the company grew. So I think at that point, we had two or three facilities. Um, now we're up to six. So every time we would open up a new, another facility, uh, we were bringing some baseball guys and developed the program. Um, and it's, I'd be lying if I said six, seven years ago, I, I thought we'd be, be where we are. Um, but we really just had good people. Um, I got to tip my to the players, uh, players at an early age, and the parents especially took a chance on us when we were just kind of figuring out what we were doing. And um, talent begets talent. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, we had some yeah. guys that, that went on to play at a high level, and they brought in some more talent. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, and you know, one of the big things that jumped out at me about you know some of the messaging that you're putting out is you know you're obviously a you know very successful program, lots of you know college commits and you know championships won, um, but it, it seems like you know you know and everyone's going to say this, but you really do care about more than just you know you know the wins and you know how the program looks. Is that you're really looking after that athlete and that family as a whole, and what's the bigger picture? And I would imagine that's part of the success of, of the program is really sure. just kind of thinking about them uh, as a whole and looking after, you know, a, a kid and their development, you know, whether it's in baseball and whether they continue on or just making sure that they're a good person moving on, moving forward. Yeah, I, I really think that's why I always stay up north is because I've had buddies that have ran programs down south where if you want to play baseball 365 days, well, up here, we just physically can't. So about five or six no. months, we have no option. We're inside. Um, so there is no scoreboard for six months. So we have to mm -hmm. get to know our players. That's why I do like the, the North is because 
we're allowed to have a controlled environment for five or six months where we really get to know the players. We have to get creative. Um, and they're kind of stuck with us. Hopefully they like us. They're going to heal our messes for five or six months, and we get time to develop them. Um, it also allows us time to kind of educate the parents and stuff like that. So that's kind of where we hang our hat. Summertime, obviously, we want to go out and win. Mm -hmm. um, they have a lot more fun than losing, but we kind of yeah. don't fact that we have time to develop our players, educate them, and hopefully prepare for the next level. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, I kind of want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of that whole college recruitment process. And, you know, so I, I coach my daughter's team, uh, blast ball, four and five, uh, we play at the local park. Um, nice. So I mean, even at that age, you can kind of see, you know, there's some talent separation already there. Um, most of it's really age, the five-year-olds are generally better than the four-year-olds, right? Uh, but, you know, as we get a little bit older, um, you know, looking at, you know, where some separation really starts to happen. And, you know, as we read, you know, lots of blogs and Facebook groups and, you know, Instagram posts is, you know, at what age, you know, are, are 12 you kids, are, are we talking, uh, you know, commitments here? How are we, uh, you know, looking at the college process, right? As, as a parent, you know, are we uh, looking at, you know, differentiating yourself yet? Um, you know, trying to showcase your skills or what are we looking at? <laughs> Yeah, I, well, it, it's kind of a little bit crazy because we do a college recruiting seminar every year and we send it out to everybody. Now, it's, it's probably most applicable to families, 14, you and above, because they're going to be in the trenches here soon. Um, but the one thing we always tell the parents is that there's nothing wrong with information. So if you have a 10-year-old, whether you think he is going to be interested in college baseball or college sports at that level, there's nothing wrong with kind of educating yourself. Now, there's a fine line to that. You don't want to overdo it, and then you also don't want to make the player feel that pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's like a there's a clock ticking, and he's got four years to get ready. Um, but as far as getting the information um, at a reasonable cost, or if, if they're able to go to free workshops or webinars and stuff like that, um, now opposed to I'm not that old, I'm only 63, but – when I was in high school, I mean, you really had to dig to find information. So everything's mm -hmm. your tips. Um, so I, I guess I'll start with that is there's nothing wrong with educating yourself at an early age. Um, but over the last 10 years or so, it's really snowballed into kind of a, a machine. Um, I think there's a, probably a couple of different tournament organizations that kind of started that. And there's nothing wrong with it. Mm -hmm. um, kind of uh, expedited the process a little bit. Um, as crazy as baseball commits have been, it, it really started in softball. Um, and I'm sure you'll see it here soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like seventh graders committing for softball. Um, but with baseball, it started with some of the bigger, I, I call them the, the perennial top 25s. Your Vance, mm -hmm. your Louisville's. We're starting to pluck some of the top 1% guys as sophomores and freshmen. And when we were talking to a lot of programs probably six or seven years ago, the old school coaches were just against it. They didn't even want to get a 14-year-old to commit to them. Um, it's still four years down the road. They get on campus. They could change their mind. They didn't think they were mature enough to, to actually make that decision. Mm -hmm. What happened was the guys that were getting the commitments won. So, I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> competition is everything. So once they figured that out, that they were going to have to go and get some of those guys, they did. Um, but it, it really is kind of man-child type guys at freshman year. I mean, yeah. you're 
going to be a five foot nine guy running a 70 that's just a good baseball player commit. And it's really, it's a supply and demand thing. So if there's a six foot four righty throwing 94 as a freshman, somebody's going to come. They just They're going to notice him. Absolutely. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So it, it starts there and then you'll start to see some of the mid-majors trickle in sophomore year or so. Um, the, the new regulations, NCAA, we'll see how it works. It, it hasn't really seemed to slow anything down yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when coaches are getting paid to win, they're going to find a way to, to get an advantage. Yeah. And I, I think that's all it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, as a parent, you know, if, uh, if I do have one of these, you know, phenom kids, you know, hit girls for real early and really chucking, um, what would you say to that parent who, you know, maybe they're, you know, maybe not quite in, uh, you know, high school yet. They're, they're 12, 13, uh, and just really dominating at their level. Um, how would you prepare that parent for that potential process that may start in, you know, 12 months or next season or whatever that looks like? Sure. I would really urge them to find a core, of maybe three or four people they really trust and close that circle. Mm-hmm. Open yep. up down the line. Um, but there's going to be a lot of negativity. Unfortunately, one of our players uh, is coming in in a minute. He, he goes to UNC, and everyone knew at an early age he was special. So it was, it was, he's a really, really good seventh grader to eighth grader. All of a sudden, high school pops up, and then you get some of the, uh, the haters saying they're yeah. overrated stuff. Yeah. So I think at the earlier age, if, if parents can identify maybe one or two coaches that have a vested interest in their son and their family, um, and maybe even just a, an uncle or aunt that's been around the recruiting process, and say, okay, this is, this is our little dream team. Mm-hmm. We're going to be inclusive unless uh, someone's going to add value later on. And keep everything within that group. Because I see a lot of kids that get burnt by – tweeting out that they're taking a visit here or they're taking a visit here. 90% of the time, they're just driving to campus and walking on campus. <laughs> yeah, so just, they're kind of putting this bullseye on their back. Um, and then everybody's asking why they didn't commit here or commit there. So I think to aggressively move forward in the process, especially with uh, that top 1% guy that is going to be kind of courted, um, I think you just kind of roll with it with your little group. I always tell the players, if we're in a minivan, you're driving the car, you can have four or five people in the back rows, but you got to drive the car. Mm-hmm. So who's going to be in that group, who, who you can trust, that's not going to leak information, because all it takes is, is a phone call with the coach, and then it's spreading like wildfire all over the school, that Johnny got a full ride offer, and then he's got a million conversations to have. And that shouldn't be the focus for the player. Focus no, no. Getting better and having a couple of people around them that they can trust. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, I mean, that's a good point. Now, on the maybe the uh, a little bit lower end of the spectrum, what would you say? I mean, there's probably some kids out there who, you know, they're not going to get heavily recruited and they got to get out there and do the work themselves. Um, at what age, you know, as a parent, have you started to see, you know, those kids who may need to put a little bit more in themselves and, you know, kind of hit up and it may not be the D1, maybe there's D2, D3, JUCO, NAIA, whatever that looks like. I mean, you know, if we can still play ball in school, it's still a great experience, sure. right? So, you know, as a, as a parent, um, what advice might you have to, you know, maybe you can already, you know, recognize that process and that you're not going to be a, uh, you know, starting nine at D1. How can we still keep them motivated 
and you know keep going and still give them that potential at uh, you know a scholarship at one of those lower level schools. Sure. The tipping point that we see is generally at the end of the junior year, um, okay. usually when the D1 money is going to start to dry up. So, and we always tell the kids, I, I don't care if the kids run a seven six sixty as a freshman, he's a middle infielder. Crazier things have happened. So we're oh, yeah. home them and say, hey, you're not. We had a kid who's playing football in Michigan now, but he was committed to play baseball in Indiana, and he was was okay as a freshman. Mm -hmm. And he just popped. So we're never going to pigeonhole a kid. But generally, once more money dries up at the end of the junior year uh, for the summer, you'll start to see kids kind of start to teeter one way or the other. Because every sophomore is going to say, I'll go anywhere, any place, I just want to play. Yeah. Until yeah. their girlfriend decides to go Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> and until their buddies all decide that, you know what, baseball is not for me anymore. And they're kind of on an island. Am I really going to go to that small school in Wisconsin, or am I going to go to Cincinnati and go to the games, the football games, and, and all my buddies are going there? So that's generally when you start to see them do some soul searching. Mm -hmm. I've been right on guys, I've been wrong on guys, and there's always some surprises. But we always tell the parents, let them make that decision. If they want to talk to you about it, they're going to talk to you about it. But there is going to be kind of a uh, the, I guess a grieving stage after the D1 money yeah, yeah. figure out, am I willing to sacrifice X, Y, and Z to play college baseball? And then once they kind of get over that little hurdle, then we're there to support them if they decide to play D3, D2, or just go to Ohio State or Cincinnati, which is great schools. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, awesome, awesome. So obviously, you know, it's a little more down the road. You know, we're not uh, we're not talking recruitment at, at 12 U. Um, as a parent, you know, kind of a, a last you know point that I want to hammer home or I want to ask you about is, you know, how can I support you know uh, you know 10, 11, 12 year old that I would love them you know to go to college and play D1 and get a scholarship or, or really any scholarship. I'm sure it's you know such a financial burden. Sure. Um, you know, a scholarship's great no matter where you go, but, sure. you know, how can I support them and, and be a good parent uh, without putting too much pressure on that, on that kid? I mean, we're only talking, you know, 11, 12-year-olds, uh, and maybe they've shown a little glimmer of some, you know, some potential, and they're, they're standing out on their, their travel team there, but how can we make sure that we just keep following those, uh, the right steps at home? Let it be their game. That, that's the yeah. best advice I can give, um, and I give that from first-hand experience with my mom and dad who were always super, super supportive, not in the sense that there was a brand new bat, so they run out and get it. But if I needed to go to the cages for some extra reps, they were there for me for that. Um, whatever type of uh, transportation or trying to put me in the right environments, they did that, but they always allowed it to be my game. So they, they never interfered. They never tried to butt their head in. I think that's why I do what I do for a living now is baseball was the first thing that was kind of mine. So that yeah. was a little baby. Um, that was my escape from a bad day at school. That was my escape if there, were, um, if there was drama in, in the house or whatever it may be. That was my opportunity to kind of get away and be in my own little world. And I think that's why I fell in love with it. So whether it's baseball or singing or art, I think it's important to let the kids take ownership of it. Because when you take ownership of it, you appreciate it more. And when Absolutely. It's or there's an opportunity um, or there's a crossroad to pick baseball or singing or whatever in another uh, route, 
if they feel like it's theirs and it's part of their identity, I think that's what's going to motivate them, especially if they face some adversity uh, down the way. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, and that's really what I, you know, you know, wanted to kind of hammer home. And I, I hope everyone who's listening or watching really understands that, you know, no one here or, you know, you're not trying to promote, you know, let's get kids uh, college ready at, you know, 10, 11, 12, um, and just supporting them in no matter what they're doing. Right. right. I mean, there's some there's some things that we can do as parents to, you know, help them, support them along the way, like you're saying there. Um, but just let it be. Um, they've got to make their own choices and make sure that we're just fostering a, a love of the game. I think yeah, that. just a passion. Yeah. Like yeah. anything else in life. I mean, if, if a kid's lucky enough to find a passion in, at an early age, I, I think as parents, that's all we want. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I mean, that's kind of, uh, you know, all we, uh, you know, wanted to go through there with you today. Um, you know, I really appreciate your time and taking a chunk out of your, you know, off season and working with the, the kids and athletes there. Um, for everyone who's watching or listening, where can, uh, where can people find more info about you? You know, socials or website, where are we at? For sure. It's www.forcebaseball.club. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at at face or at force baseball one. Check out also force-sports.com. Um, that's actually our facilities um, for any parents that are watching that have a uh, not necessarily a baseball player but a soccer player in Northeast Ohio. Uh, we have six facilities and other programs do a great job as well. Awesome. Yeah, we'll make sure we'll we'll link everything in the description and everything so people can kind of link right to that. So. Um, yeah, I really appreciate that. I will let you get back and uh, keep coaching these kids along. Keep doing a great job. Awesome. I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks. All right. Thanks a lot. Back.